There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, hustlers. We know that this 2024, the entrepreneurial journey is filled with challenges. An often overlooked aspect is the time-consuming task of processing payroll and managing government requirements. And did you know that the average admin spends a whopping 50 hours per month dealing with just government compliance? That's time you could be spending on growing your business, or let's be honest, taking a well-deserved break. But fear not, we got a game changer for you. Introducing Sprout Solutions and their tailored solutions for MSMEs called the Payroll Starter. With Sprout Solutions Payroll Starter, you can finally reclaim your time and get your life back on track. Say goodbye to the stress of remembering tax dates or worrying about missed payroll runs. This bundle is designed to make your life easier and your business more efficient. And here's the best part. The cost starts just at 5,000 pesos per month for businesses with up to 10 employees. Yep, you heard that right. That's just 5,000 pesos per month. So why spend another minute drowning in payroll paperwork when Sprout can revolutionize the way you manage your payroll and government requirements? Take the first step towards a more efficient business today. Visit sprout.ph slash monthly 5 k If you missed that, don't worry. We have it in the description box of this episode. So click that too. And again, big shout out to Sprout Solutions because your time is too valuable to be spent on paperwork. Reclaim it with their payroll starter. Now let's begin this episode. The Hustle Share Podcast is brought to you by Union Digital Bank a fully digital bank with a mission to empower every Filipino everywhere by providing easy access to digital financial services for consumers and businesses. Union Digital Bank partners with startups to co-create financial products to meet the needs of their customers. Contact Union Digital Bank to explore how they can power your platform with embedded financial services. For more information about Union Digital Bank, please see their website at www.uniondigitalbank.io. Stay updated by following them on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Also by Shoppable Business, your number one source for procuring products for your business in the Philippines. Discover authentic branded products online. Shop bulk, save big, and secure authentic products with official sales invoices at Shoppable Business today. Also brought to you by Paymongo, the payment gateway for business growth. Paymongo allows your business to accept online payments from your customers through Visa, MasterCard, Gcash, GrabPay, Maya, online banking, Buy Now, Pay Later, and many more. All with just one platform. Sign up for free at paymongo.com. And brought to you by SeekCap. SeekCap is a lending platform powered by UBX Philippines. With SeekCap, you can easily apply for a loan from 5,000 pesos up to 1 million pesos from the comfort of your own home nationwide. Visit www.seekcap.ph, sign up, and apply for a loan now. That's www.seekcap.ph. Take your business to new heights by seeking capital with SeekCap. 
for me, yes, being a doctor is noble and I have full respect for the medical profession. It wasn't for me, but I felt like maybe my purpose in life was to be a conscious capitalist and help people through <laughs> the world of entrepreneurship and business. Welcome to Hustle Share, the podcast that features the daily grinds of unique hustlers around the world to show not our differences, but that our hustles are very much alike. Now here's your host, Ronster Beitiong. Welcome to the latest episode of the Hustle Share Podcast. It's been a while since I last recorded and I'm super excited to have this girl on the show because again, I've made friends in... Uh, random grab right <laughs> in the last grab event that we I mean not grab event Endeavor event that I was luckily invited to shout out to the, to our friends in Endeavor Philippines and I met Kayla there we were trying to book a grab we're both coding in the middle of Makati we didn't want to get pulled over by the popo in, the, in, the, in Makati so I, we tried to book grab I wasn't fortunate to book a grab going to BGC where we're both parked she did so I was like can you help a brother out and that's through there we had a great conversation and we made a deal the deal was I'm gonna you're gonna hitch me a ride and you, I'm gonna feature you on the show so this is me being the Lannister that I am paying my debt so without further ado let's welcome to the show Miss Kayla Tanjanko of Endeavor Catalyst whoop, whoop. Kayla welcome to the show yeah, very happy to be here. What a very fortunate grab ride. <laughs> I know. And again, I would have had you anyway. I just had a excuse to expedite this interview anyway. But again, thank you so much for hitching me that ride. Or else I would have walked from Manila Polo Club all the way to BGC in the middle of this darn humid heat. I would have been yucky. And I was wearing a coat. Okay. <laughs> it didn't look good. But again, thanks so much. But before I get carried away, Kayla, I need to ask you. The million dollar question. Kayla, what's your hustle? So I'm actually the director for Asia for Endeavor Catalyst. We are the rules-based fund built on Endeavor, the leading community of high-impact entrepreneurs. So I take care of Asia for the fund and being based for I do well, anything and everything Endeavor needs from Singapore. There you go. Again, uh, you've been with Endeavor for a very long time. If you can't, obviously you can't see it if you're listening to this podcast. Her background right now is the Endeavor Pelepens OG office in a space back in the olden days where <laughs> the OG days of the startup ecosystem when you guys fitted there with Manny Ayala. What a nice room to be in. <laughs> Amazing. And again, they now have a brand new office and you've been in Endeavor for a long time and all that. But before we get carried away, before we even talk about Endeavor, Endeavor Catalyst, Kayla, I need you to buckle up. We're going to have a ride again, okay? Because today, we're going to have to ride the Hustle Share Time Machine. All right. There you go. All righty. And again, what we're going to be discussing before we talk about Endeavor is you pre-Endeavor. So, Kayla, before you started out, I want to understand your first exposure into hustling. Who were the first exposures that you've had in hustling? And were there any first hustles that you remember growing up? Well, Endeavor was not something on my radar for the longest time. Mostly okay. because I was someone who was about to go into medical school. What? So, Kayla? You're supposed to be Doc Kayla. <laughs> yeah, so I actually went to medical school because I'm a twin. So the typical thing is that 
where someone goes to law school and someone goes to medical school. And I was the who was designated to go to medical school. I so there was such a thing about twins. Like, okay, we have twins. <laughs> in the family. So I did go to medical school first. And I would say my hustle was mostly just trying to make it. Like I actually went to USD medical school right after Atenea pre-med. What? And as a cognac person, <laughs> I think you, hustling... USD, I am a Tomashian also. So there was a Tomashian in you. Yeah, for one year, I was a Tomashian. But then I still bleed blue. There you <laughs> since go. OBF. For four years. So I did... I would say the long and windy road to Endeavor was a little bit of a hustle because I did go to pre-med. I did go to medical school. And then I went to business school. And then I tried to start a startup. So the road to Endeavor in itself was like a long, windy road of going through so many different pathways before even joining Endeavor, the world of entrepreneurship and VC. Before that, I didn't even know what a term sheet was or how a company started. So... It's like a long windy road of, well, trying to get the endeavor. Because <laughs> my funnest puzzle actually was when I was in, when I bought extra Tomorrowland tickets and then I sold it to some friends to cover my flight. And the what year of Tomorrowland was this? 2014, 10 year oh anniversary. Oh my God. <laughs> that is the peak of rave culture so again I, I i can definitely relate because my first startup was a nightlife app and i was putting up all the biggest raves not putting up i was part of getting people access to the biggest raves here so i want to understand kayla from the point of view of you hustling right so mindset wise i just want to understand before you even knew that endeavor existed and whatnot what was the mindset because again you had a twin you wanted to go to medical school until you changed your mind. What what was the mindset of that career that you you had? And then maybe tell us about how you got into business and why that was the path all of a sudden that you had to take. Well, I wanted to go to medical school because I thought it was like the best way to help people. Mm. And when I got there, I realized I wasn't happy working such long hours or being sleep deprived that I felt like there has to be a better way. <laughs> <laughs> Still the same, just through business, just on a chair. Okay. So I did, the way it ended up at Endeavor was, it's like, okay, I will leave medical school and go to business school, hoping that maybe it will lead to something else, but I would still like to help people. God. So I, wanted, I went to business school to learn new skills because honestly, I felt like you can't really translate biochemistry or slicing cadavers into (laughs) (laughs) I did go to business school to change my skill set to add to well completely change what I knew something Mm -hmm. else that was a bit more applicable to the real world but there's always a view in mind that okay let's do this but let's see what else we can do to help people so that's when I tried to start a startup a healthcare startup as well when I was in business school that was it it's called something called Harambi Vision that I did with four other classmates. Okay. We go far in a sense that we won the Hulk Prize, Dubai Championship. So we were incubated in Boston for two months. What? Yeah, we presented like, like at the Clinton Global Initiative in front of um, oh Miss Bill Clinton and whatnot. And from what I understand from the scoring, we were third place. Mm. And 
it was something that we did not pursue because we didn't win the million dollar grant. And okay, well, we didn't really have our heart in it, I think, because it was the challenge then was on non communicable diseases. And okay, I think a lot of us could relate to it at that point. Got it. So, All after right. that, I did join consulting mm. because I was like, okay, well, this kind of failed. What else can I do now after business school? Everyone, for some reason, I felt was going to business school after. Well, was going to consulting after business school. Like it was like right. a common trajectory. Mm-hmm. Go to business school and then go into consulting after. Mm-hmm. So I did go to consulting. And at the same time, I joined the Global Shapers Community, which is an initiative of the World Economic Forum. Mm-hmm. As a way, sort of like what I felt like was saving my soul, because I felt like consulting was selling my soul because I, I promised myself that like, I needed to do something to help people. Okay. And I didn't really believe consulting did that. So mm, got it. I joined the Global Shapers community. I did a lot of nonprofit projects on the side. And when I was about to end my tenure, I think, in consulting, like after almost three years, you do tend to plateau in terms of learning curve. Mm-hmm. I decided what's something that would well basically marry my consulting experience with helping nonprofits, which is a pivot from healthcare, which is still what I wanted to do is to help people. Okay. So, and that showed up. And for me, it was the perfect role because Endeavor is a nonprofit. Yeah. So I joined the nonprofit side of Endeavor. And for me, it was a way to be a conscious capitalist. Mm-hmm. By this point, I started to believe that the best way you can help people is to help figure out systemic change. Got it. And for me, yes, being a doctor is noble and I have full respect for the medical profession. It wasn't for me, but I felt like maybe my purpose in life was to be a conscious capitalist and help people through <laughs> the world of entrepreneurship and business. Like for me, it made sense because at Endeavor, we believed in well, supporting the best companies that could succeed and eventually pay it forward. Absolutely. And what that means is when they succeed, they will create thousands to millions of jobs, which provides people the dignity of work. When you create companies, it will generate revenues and services and businesses that help the ecosystem. Yep. So for me, it made a lot more sense because it helped everyone. It helped address pain points. Mm. And I think if you are able to create value, then you should enjoy the benefits of that because everyone is also reaping the benefits from mm. your company solutions and whatever you're doing as an entrepreneur. So sounds good. It's like a long winding road, but I think the mindset that got me there was more of like trying to be mission oriented, yep. trying to deep down, trying to figure out what my life's work would be, mm. what my purpose would be. Because then I didn't settle for something that didn't make me happy, but something that I kind of believe in until I got somewhere where I didn't believe in it and I am helping people. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. So I want to understand two things though, because again, you, you've always been gung ho and you always understood that you wanted to help people. I want to understand the origin of that, because if that was the main purpose of what you wanted to do when you tried medical school and you still, I mean, the channel of how you wanted to help just changed, but the, the root of your life's work, you said, is all about helping people. Where did that stem from? Well, when I reflected on my life, it felt like, well, I felt blessed to be born in a family that, well, 
a family of some modest privilege, I would say, where I did get food on the table. I did get to go to a good school. I did get love, nurturing, and familial support. And I felt like I wanted to make sure that as I progressed through life, that I was still continuing, well, making sure that other people also felt that same way. Yeah. And to be honest, I felt like if you don't help others and you don't work towards like some greater good, then what are you doing? (laughs) No, I, I love that. That's very noble because a lot of people operate within a selfish motive. And there's nothing wrong with that, by the way, because at the end of the day, we all have different bucket lists or you know things that we want to uncheck but i just love that from the get-go you already really wanted to do that and whatever the path led you to was just whatever again whatever path you took was always under that north star right to get that done. Yeah. but i want to understand a couple of things so you said medical school wasn't the path that you felt was going to be the right path for you to do to do that and then you did business consulting and we always talk about every hustler that we've had here we talk about the skill stack. Because you said you plateaued at one point that, all right, I've, I think I've learned everything. But what did you master? And what did you, what are the skill sets that you learned? Because of course, this is going to come in handy down the road once you got into Endeavor. But during the consulting hustle, what were the skill stacks that you built at the core of what you do that's still as useful for you now? I would say, the first, my, honestly, the first thing I thought of was deck building and PowerPoint. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a superpower, like, by the way. It's a superpower. Like, if you can build pretty decks, that's halfway there. Like, mm-hmm. half the battle is building a nice deck so that people are impressed with how you organize your information and how pretty it is. <laughs> so as a consultant, I did learn how to build pretty decks and mm-hmm. think in frameworks, which I felt was useful. And mm-hmm. I think on the other side, it was also relationship building. Mm-hmm. So I started in Accenture actually as, uh, I would say it's a, management consulting analyst. Yep. And obviously your role is to build decks to help your boss and whatnot. But then I ended up being in projects where sometimes I would be the only person there. And it really made a lot more sense and it helped a lot if you were very good with building relationships with your clients. Mm. I think there was a time when I was in a project in one of the bigger telecom companies. Okay. And my boss leaving and I was the only one there. So mm-hmm. I became everyone's point person for the project and for Accenture. And it really helped to become close with some of our key decision makers because then they get to see what we're doing. They get to find value in what we're doing. So I did learn how to build relationships with a lot of senior level people. Mm-hmm. My way of doing it is treating them as peers. And yes. trying to be charming and relatable. <laughs> so for me, I'm a more down-to-earth, approachable relationship builder, I would say. All right. Sounds good. Now let's take our first break. And when we come back, we will now talk about this is again, you, you guys, you already gave us a very good heads up of what and why you joined Endeavor. But we will talk about your Endeavor life and how that led all the way to Endeavor Catalyst. But let's talk about that more after the break. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment. 
you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at onepeloton.com. Hey guys, I have a very, very exciting opportunity I want to share with you guys. If you're a B2B startup founder, listen up. Your ticket to growth is here. Introducing Impact 24, the Philippines' largest B2B SaaS challenge. Calling all startups in their pre-launch, pre-seed, or seed stages. This is your chance to accelerate their growth. Submit your pitch to Impact 24 and get ready for a 10-week intensive program to elevate your solution. What's in it for you? How about up to 500,000 pesos in MVP project support, exclusive credits from industry partners, personalized mentoring, and a shot to pitch at SASCON PH, the country's biggest SAS conference this April. But yo, you gotta hurry up because submissions close on January 26, 2024 already. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your startup to new heights. Apply now at saschallenge.ph. That's sasschallenge.ph. And good luck, and I'll see you guys in Impact 24. And we're back in the break. We are still with Kayla Tanjanko, then told us uh, the origin story of how she started pre-endeavor. So I love it. She's always been wanting to help us, help the world become a better place. And the path that she took is through business. But Again, prior to the break, you mentioned that Endeavor was just a perfect fit. I want to know two things. First off, how did you even know that Endeavor existed? What was that very first like aha moment? Like, oh, oh, this is this is cool. I want to be part of it. And number two, how did you join them? And how early was it when you joined Endeavor Philippines? So I first learned about Endeavor in 2017. Okay. And that was when I was looking for a job right after business school. So this was also around the same time I was applying to Accenture. And I honestly was just like looking for something that was purpose-driven, but still in business. So I looked at other nonprofit consulting companies. I looked at, well, very similar companies, which were a little bit more on the business side, but were also in sustainability and whatnot. But at the time, Endeavor Philippines had no opening and it was just starting. Okay. So I did table it for now. I accepted a job in Accenture. And almost three years later, a high school friend reached out. Mm. Well, actually, I think I reached out and I asked him about a party that we were trying to organize. <laughs> and he this did is not say tomorrow that, land, huh? This is just a <laughs> local party. Okay. Okay. And, he didn't say that he was about to leave Endeavor because he was going to join his family business. So he told me about his job, his role, and how I might like it. So I did meet with Manny Ayala. Okay. And I think after one meeting, well, they offered me a job at least shortly a little bit after. Okay, so I have a I have a question here about the Manny Ayala moment because I still vividly remember. I don't remember where and when. Mm-hmm. But every single time, because I was a former Kickstarter investor in my first startup, and every once in a while, Manny would show up to one of these, you know, raid the fridges. We have little things that we do in Kickstarter. And every single 
time, Manny just has this aura of awe that he has. It's like borderline. He has a halo on him, whether he has a beard or not. Right. I don't know. If he's just <laughs> too guapo. And I'm just like, holy shit, who is this guy? I want to know him. And I never got a chance to actually introduce myself, but he's just someone that whenever you see him in person, just makes you already admire him and want to talk to him. I got chickened out because, oh my God, this, this he just has that bombastic aura in a very good way that does it. And it's freaking intimidating. And I, I, I pride myself in being able to open a lot of doors that are closed for me. But the Manny yeah. Ayala door, I was only able to probably knock on it probably recently in Podcast Network Asia now, or even Chatbot PH. But he's always been that welcoming guy. But man, I am super intimidated. It's like, shit, you want to be proper with this guy? You can't be an idiot. You don't want to botch the first thing. What was that first Manny, Manny Ayala moment that you've had? Well, I think prior to actually meeting him, I did attend one or two different mm. endeavor events just to get a feel of the network. So I didn't really meet him then, just like saw him from afar. But I do agree that he has that strong right? presence. Like he had, hello, he had a halo. <laughs> like it's a strong, noble presence. Like correct, he felt correct. that he was of high integrity, that he was definitely yes. a good person. Yeah. So when I first met him for that interview, I think we had lunch in Chibo in Greenbelt 5. Mm. And... It was a good conversation. Like it was just about him asking me about my career trajectory, what I wanted to do in my life, like how everything was, and just inquiring about, well, where do I want to go and where I am now? So it was a it. interview mostly about, well, basically about my history and what journey I wanted to be on. So it was mm -hmm. a good conversation. Okay, perfect. Now, okay. You said after that, he offered you a job. And when you got into Endeavor Philippines, again, for those people who'd never had the opportunity to talk about, uh, know what Endeavor is, two things that you need to know. First off, I've had Manny Ayala here a couple years back. So please do listen to that because he talks about uh, Endeavor, what Endeavor is and how he was it was built. But I want to understand your point of view because a lot of people still, I mean, they know Endeavor, but they don't probably know because it took me a while also to understand what Endeavor does and how... Yeah you can actually get into Endeavor because it's not like you can just walk in and, hey, can I join the club? It's not. Yeah. There's a high bar you need to hit. It's a so very high bar. explain that? <laughs> so Endeavor is a community of high-impact entrepreneurs. We're not an accelerator, incubator. We're not just a fund. We are a community. Like, we were designed to support like the best entrepreneurs. If there are 10 companies that start out and only nine survive, we were designed to help that one person who has succeeded past that point get to 10 employees, 100 employees, 1,000 employees. I always used to say that maybe accelerators and incubators help babies become toddlers. We help high school students go to college. Yep. So our spot is actually in the middle where you've kind of found product market fit and you're just ready to scale. Yep. So we are there to help the best founders who managed to make it out actually and start a working business yeah. and help them scale even further. Yeah. So Endeavor is designed that if we believe in you and we support you with Endeavor's resources, then eventually we hope that these can succeed and pay forward like the next generation of founders. We can't help everyone in the ecosystem, but if you could help the best ones with the highest chance of succeeding, then they can eventually help everyone else. Right. So a rising lifts all boats. If you could help like the biggest boats, help the other little boats. And then 
we've done our job. No, it's it's just absolutely true. But again, I I knew of this, but I didn't understand the metrics that there are metrics pala that you need to. <laughs> I thought like, hey, can I join? I, I'm a paid forward guy. I was like, oh shoot, I didn't understand that there is such a high bar. Because okay, abstract wise, I get it. But guys, when we say the biggest boats, we're talking about biggest effing boats we're talking about here. And what are the metrics for you to even be considered to be a big boat that can help pay it forward? The average company that joins Endeavor makes, well, this year, the average company that joins Endeavor makes at least $6 million, growing at 150%. Holy this shit. is a bar. That's a bar that we hold across the world from companies from Miami, Nigeria, Colombia, Egypt, the Philippines, Mexico, Bulgaria. So we hold every company to the exact same bar as any other company that goes to our selection process around the world. 6MARR. Well, that's the average. Like we've accepted companies who make less than that, but growing at a higher rate, or companies that are larger than that, but growing at like a slower rate. This is just more of the average of the companies that join. Do they have to be tech or no? Tech or tech enabled, I would say, because I mean, I think our resources are best positioned to help these types of founders. So okay. ideally, tech or tech enabled, but we are sector agnostic. So we support companies that could be outside of tech, like Jim and Coffee from Ireland, for example, is very similar to Lululemon. So we do support companies that we believe have the capacity to scale. Yeah, like so. Lay Bear, Pau, Pau Hilario, a very good friend of mine. Yeah, yeah. Lay Bear, Zarks Burgers, mm-hmm. Mineski, you know, Boast yeah, Coffee. And both again. Of so again, so it's a very high bar, guys. For you to be able to consider that that level, this says a lot. I'm just very proud of the, the, a lot of my friends that have been here in the show have been there. The most recent one is George Reka and Angeline Thamovanka. So congratulations. But the old dogs, like even the the one of the first few ones, like the Paul Rivera's of the world and Caliber, Magellan mm-hmm. Petalino uh, from way back, uh, Ray Repundo, and all these guys, uh, Roland Ross. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just by naming these guys just says a lot about the caliber of entrepreneurs that you're getting. But that's on the outside looking in. I want to understand from your point of view. So when you come in, all right, you're ready. All right, I've always wanted to join this organization. What was the first foray like coming into Endeavor? And what was the hustle that you guys do to enable all these entrepreneurs to pay it forward? So I joined in their Philippines specifically as employee number seven. Wow. And I think from the ninth Endeavor entrepreneur up to the 13th entrepreneur accepted into the Endeavor Philippines network. Okay. So when I first joined, this was the time Richard Eldridge from Lendo joined. Oh my God. Another cool guy. I love him. Yeah. And the last entrepreneur I saw as part of Endeavor Philippines before I transitioned to Endeavor Catalyst was actually... Roland and Rexy from Google. They were my last. My guys. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they were my last. So I would say to get them to pay it forward, it's not that hard because part of our selection criteria is looking at the founder, their ability to be coachable, their ability to be high integrity before they join the network. Got it. Like we don't want them in a, well, a rotten apple will destroy the whole barrel. Yeah. So us, part of our screening process is already the integrity of the founder and their propensity to accept feedback, be humble, and then as well, the propensity to scale. Got it. So that's what we 
prerequisite to join Endeavor. Like you have to be predisposed to giving back. Like part of our deliberations process in the final stages of Endeavor actually includes why it should be led in the network. Like, why now? Why Endeavor? Got it. So it is part of the process for them to join. So it's not hard for us to ask them to mentor, to give back, because that's already who you are. Yeah. Like we can't convince someone to just be suddenly not selfish. Correct. <laughs> Try to select people who are good. Yeah. No, it's either you have it or you don't. And again, whether you're in a position to help, I mean, perfectly if you get to the six M A R type of numbers, that's great. But whether you have it or you don't, it's again, whether you have what, a hundred K ARR. Whatever that is, right? We do recognize though that there are people in different stages of their entrepreneurial journey. So there are people who are still building and hustling to build their companies. They're not yet at that stage where they could give back and mentor. That's where I am. <laughs> but, but we do like take into account, like, okay, so does this person actually help other people or like yeah. people say about him? Like, is he a good person? Because then eventually when you succeed, then you can pay forward. Okay. I love this first job that you took because this is easily in the thick of things when you're part of the entrepreneur selection and growth, yeah. right? Walk me through that step-by-step process. Of course, there's the bar, right? That you have to yeah. kind of ha- have, but how do you source it out? Is this a nomination cycle? And how is the verification even being done? Like, is this guy an ad- a douchebag or is he a paid for type of guy? How do you verify someone's integrity through the network? The way we source entrepreneurs, we do get a lot of referrals from mentors, other founders. Like these are the best sources of referrals. Mm-hmm. We do have friends in venture capital who also recommend to us their founders, like the best ones mm-hmm. from their portfolio. We also do our own external search process where we go out and look out through different industries, like in ag tech, ed tech, like who are the best companies working now? Like it really depends for us. Like sometimes we will take like a deeper dive, for example, in like the Visayas or the Mindanao region. If you want to make sure that we do select founders from there, mm-hmm. or we're all up some also more intentional or trying to look for more female founders. Okay. So it really depends. But we do a lot of like external search, a lot of like hustling, trying to meet people on the ground. But at the same time, we do accept referrals from people we trust because mm-hmm. then we know that they've been also sort of vetted already. Got it. Now on your end, paint us the picture. So this is what you typically externally, right? But on the grind itself, because this is a yearly thing, right? <laughs> After you you do the, the selection, of course, you're going to have to... Is there an initiation, right? Do you have to verify if they're really a paid forward type of guy or just swinging it? You know, what? walk us through behind the scenes and how do you, does the team prepare to really source this out? And how do they even get inducted as well? So to join Endeavor, you essentially need 16 different people. 16? Eventually 16. Who are these 16? Your first touch point at Endeavor is someone from our staff, usually from our entrepreneur experience team, who will reach out to you for a one-on-one meeting where we learn your story, you learn about Endeavor, and based on what we hear or we feel from you, then we decide if they're ready to go to the next phase. So the next phase is... well. You tend to need four to six different mentors who will help you depending on your challenges and goals. And who are these mentors like? Are these the Jazzas and the Fred Uitengsus already right away? Not them yet. Okay. They meet either anyone from like our 50 to 60 mentors in the Philippines or our regional mentors or global mentors depending on the need. So for example, if you have a marketing challenge, you will set you up with like a marketing mentor. If you have a problem with something technical, we'll try to find a technical 
person to help you out. Got it. So four to six meetings, and then these mentors of ours give feedback to us based on the founder. Okay. So they tell us their opinion of the founder, if they feel like they should progress to the next step, what they still need to become an endeavor entrepreneur. Do they hit the bar? Do they hit the right criteria? So our mentors help us help the entrepreneurs, but at the same time, they also give us feedback on these founders. So we get a lot of feedback from a lot of really credible people right. on the business and the founder. Got it. So once we have enough of this information, we put together a 10-page brief typically, and we prepare the founders for what we call a local selection panel. So this is a half-day event where you meet six of our mentors to be signed on. Well, well, we pick the mentors depending on your industry, region, right. and your other co-panelists, industry, region, and whatnot, okay. and meet them for interviews. And then there's also deliberations afterwards where you need a 6-0 vote to go to the next phase. Unanimous. So if someone splits up and says, nope, I'm not vibing you, right? You out. Yeah. Is that it? Well, it's not that you're out. It's more if we ask you to come back once you hit certain <laughs> Imagine if you did well and then on that one guy that you said the word F or it's like, ouch, that hurt. But I'm just kidding. But I understand. So yeah. very high bar. Yeah. Is there a criteria that they need to hit? Or again, whatever you can say, of course, you don't want to knock yourself It really up. depends on the right. industry mm-hmm. and the founder and what stage they are in the company. But either you pass to go to the next stage or you're given some milestones to hit before you go through the panel again. Ooh, <laughs> so smart. you will go through the panel again if you... Well, fail to pass the first time. You know what this reminds me of? It's like, uh, sorry, I'm just going to go on tangent a little bit. It's like, so my most favorite and a lot of hustle share listeners, if you're an avid listener, you know that I'm a big Chauncey Billups fan. He's a basketball player, right? And this is like being inducted in the Hall of Fame. He's been nominated so many times, but on the final cut, when they're around, it's like, oh, you didn't make it again. Oh my goodness. Like, you know, so it's fine. Again, it's just the, the nature of the beast. But, I want to understand real quick, but before we proceed to the next step, numbers wise. So for example, for the moment, the Endeavor team touches base all the way to the mentorship, all the way to the initial selection panel. How many people are we talking about in terms of your pool and how many even make it through past that first selection panel stage? Honestly, worldwide, we only accept the top 2-3% of all the companies. So it's a pretty bad funnel. And targets for the year are in the low digits. So it really depends on as well how well the market is doing. Like there are some years where we predict that we could have several companies pass through the entire process. There could be some years where we don't have as many companies. Yeah. But it's because we try not to force the number. Everyone's held at the exact same bar. You're not competing against others. You're competing against the standard. Correct. So... And it's very high standard. Oh my God. <laughs> so you're just competing against the standard of endeavor. Yeah. So we don't have set goals even of like exactly like we don't have like 10 a year, five a year. It's more we try to gauge it depending on the market per year. So we do try to set our goals realistically because we want to make sure that the companies that go through our process have the highest chance of succeeding when they go mm. to the panel and then the last panel, which is the international election panel. 
And is, correct me if I'm wrong. This is very akin to literally sourcing out deal flow now, especially now that you're in the Endeavor Catalyst side. You're literally sourcing out deals, creating that investment thesis, presenting to IC, and hopefully IC rest says a yes, right? And it's going to be a numbers game with a very narrow funnel. But again, just randomly. So, okay, the single digits. We're talking about hundreds of entrepreneurs that you're going to be talking to, and all of them, most of them are going to be knocked out on the first stages. Palang. Is that correct? Well, we designed a scale-up program in most of our markets to sort of help the younger companies make it the best mm. part. So that's why our scale-up program was born because we know that in very nascent markets like the Philippines or Malaysia or Vietnam, we do need to support founders at an earlier stage before they could make it to Endeavor's final selection process. Makes sense. We are aware that we have to do a lot of ecosystem building first okay. to catch up to our bigger markets like Indonesia, Brazil, Mexico, where they just have a much more mature market compared to where we are now in the Philippines. Okay, I'll go back to the behind the curtains again. What's the grind like to walk <laughs> through this? Because there's a grind from an entrepreneur, but from an Endeavor team's point of view, man, you guys do a lot of work too. What's that like behind yeah. the scenes? It's a lot of relationship building with founders because then they do have to see the value of joining something like Endeavor. It's a lot of patience to try to get numbers, information from the teams. Mm-hmm. So we are hinged actually on how fast we can get information or how fast we can schedule the interviews with the founders. Okay. So we are dependent on our founders' time and availability before we could help push them to our process. Right. And that's scarce. Very hard to get, by the way, too. It is. Especially when you're at the size that Endeavor looks at, it is yeah. a little bit difficult to get founders to, for example, to commit like certain dates. Or if you're going to do an in-person last stage panel, that's actually right. two and a half days of commitment. What? So, Well, that's if you do it in person. Okay. That's amazing. If in person, you do need to. So All right. Just to recap again, so I'll go back to, the, to where we left off. So initial stage is you guys source that out with the team, then the initial mentorship, then the initial selection panel. Then once they pass there, what's the next step? The last step is the international selection panel. So it's like a, well, now it's such a little Shark Tank event with <laughs> other candidates from other markets. So okay. we hold this three to four times in person a year or once a month over Zoom virtually, which is something we only started during the pandemic. Okay. It's two different products. The one over Zoom once a month is designed for the incredibly busy founder who just wants to go through the process before becoming an entrepreneur. But the in-person international selection panel, we call an ISP, is designed for founders who want to be a little bit more plugged in the network right away because that's in person with panelists who fly in from all over the world to our locations of choice. Wow. It's with candidates of the same caliber you are for the final stage. So it's one giant event. The in-person one is two and a half days. The online one, basically it's three one-hour Zoom meetings and then you wait for your results. So it's very different in product. But it really depends on which one's founders want the experience. Got it. All right. Now, if they pass all things like uh, what Roland and Rexy did, what yeah. happens? You become an Endeavor entrepreneur and then <laughs> get inducted to the network. <laughs> I understand. Like, what was there like a 
culmination event? What is that? Is there like a, a grad? I don't know. I'm trying to say like you went through all of these things where yeah. the odds are not in your favor. You know, this one false move, <laughs> imagine a six zero vote that you're going to have to get. What's at the end of the tunnel and what can they have access to now once they're part of the network? Once you join Endeavor, meaning once you pass through our selection process, you got a 6-0 unanimous vote in the local panel and the international selection so panel. So it has to be 6-0 for both? For both, yes. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> that is unreal. I'm just blown Yeah, away. but don't worry. It's designed to be supportive for entrepreneurs. Like the entire selection process is designed to be helpful to entrepreneurs regardless if they pass or not. Because then you need 16 people that you otherwise would not have met which would yeah. help you on anyway. There's no bias there. It's literally yeah. just them objectively trying to... It's meeting the mentors who donate their time to help you. So in its Amazing. self-selection process, is a very productive and helpful journey, especially for founders at that stage who need that kind of support that they can't otherwise get. All right. Now, once you've crossed the rainbow, is there? what's the pot of gold look like? What do they get access to now? You get access to... A global account manager who's going to help you leverage all of our global resources. So that's like 3,000 mentors worldwide, market expansion support in like 42 markets. You get to wow. attend all of our events. You can go to any market that you want access to. And then we'll introduce you to our teams there, the mentors you need there, everything you might need. You get access to a local account manager in the Philippines, for example, where they will be your main source of contact for your entire Endeavor journey where they will try to figure out how best to support you also leveraging everything Endeavor has. So it's amazing. So you get access to everything and they're all of Endeavor's resources and you have someone, you have at least one to two people whose main job it is to help you. <laughs> so amazing. you will get assigned someone who will think about your challenges and goals and try to figure out how best we can help you scale and pay forward eventually. All right. Now, on, on your end, again, I keep going back on uh, yeah. behind the hood. So, okay, of course, that's liberating. That's a massive milestone for an entrepreneur. But from a yearly basis, what's the most satisfying thing about being part of the, the Endeavor team when you see this happen or culminate year on year on year? I think it's just seeing founders and how appreciative they are of like Endeavor and the entire network because it is a special place to be part of. It is not your typical community. Like it's really designed for founders and founder peers. Like we yeah. don't just accept a company. It has to be founder and company. Founder with meaningful equity, or if it's founder plus someone from their C-suite who also has meaningful equity. Right. So it is a very special place to be. And we love when we see founders just grateful for all the support that we can provide them. Like we have stories from a lot of markets where we help them from the very beginning until they IPO'd. Like we have stories where we help introduce founders to people who eventually would be the biggest acquirer of their company, for example. So we have a lot of stories where that are just like completely inspiring. Like we have the very first co-female founders to list on the NASDAQ. With the very we have the first unicorn from 13 different countries. Oh my God. There's a lot of inspiring people part of the network that you could meet when you're a part of Endeavor. That is amazing. So again, you did this for since 2017. 
until 2021 until you decided you wanted to up the ante it's already hard you wanted to make it harder all right so what what led you from going from the endeavor philippines team especially right in the middle of the pandemic to then go into the catalyst side of things so endeavor catalyst and also describe for all of us you know uh, average joes what is in if, if endeavor already philippines is already hard to what is endeavor catalyst and what do you guys do there so endeavor catalyst is our rules based fund so endeavor has been around for 26 years and maybe 10 years ago our basically one of our board members Reed Hoffman the founder of linkedin yep. asked us, why don't you create a fund just because we've been supporting like the best founders in emerging markets if we could create a fund, then we can help our own sustainability. So we wow. created another analyst. And what makes it special is essentially there's zero management fees, but we have a 50% carry that's donated back to Endeavor. Oh. Endeavor is obviously becoming one of the first fully self-sustaining nonprofits in the world because of the fund. Makes sense. So we donate 50% of all proceeds after we return the principal investments of our LPs. Okay. And this is what we use to help hopefully funnel and fuel our operations worldwide eventually. Makes so sense. it's a nice full circle effect because when our entrepreneurs succeed, Endeavor succeeds, and then we help more entrepreneurs. And then the LPs are the, I assume are they are entrepreneurs from the Endeavor network as well. Is that correct? 150 of our own founders put money in the fund. Oof. 80 board members as well from across 42 markets put money in the fund. Right. And the rest are also mentors from our network. That's so amazing. So the fund off by and for entrepreneurs, like we have some of our the best founders backing the fund because they believe in just how much we support founders. They've seen it. Yep. <laughs> They've gone through the whole selection process. They've been supported by Endeavor when they become Endeavor entrepreneurs. And they know the rigor of how we choose and support companies. So they believe in our mission. And for them, it's a good way to take off the philanthropy and profit bucket because they will make money, but they will also be donating back a cost they believe in. Got it. That is amazing. Again, now we're let's take our last break. And when we come back, we will now talk about how you guys get the startups that you invest in in Endeavor Catalyst and what's the hustle behind it and along with all the other stuff that we should know about Endeavor Catalyst. But let's talk about that more after the break. Hey, Hustlers, it's time to talk business once again. And we're excited to share a bit more info about our sponsors, Sprout Solutions. And again, just like what I said at the start of the episode, you should check out Sprout's Payroll Starter as you grow your own startup. Because this bundle that they have is literally what you need to take your startup to the next level as you grow your employees. And this bundle is your key to freedom, including payroll outsourcing to experts, a subscription to timekeeping and attendance software, and government compliance services. Sprout's Payroll Starter has you covered for payroll, BIR, SSS, and taxes. All the stuff that no founder loves to do. So let Sprout handle the busy work and say goodbye to lines and tax payment stress. All this for as low as 5,000 pesos. Again, that's just 5,000 pesos all in for your payroll and HR needs. So visit sprout.eh payroll-starter-monthly-5k or again, just click the link in the description box of this episode to elevate your business management game. And again, big thank you to Sprout Solutions for liberating your time for what truly matters. 
Hey, hustlers, wish there was an easy way to open a bank account and grow your money without the hassle of lengthy application process and income documents? Well, I got good news because today's sponsor, Uno Digital Bank, is here to help you achieve your financial goals. You can easily open an account with the Uno app in just five minutes and one valid ID. And as one of the six digital banks licensed by the Banco Central ng Pilipinas, the company is committed to providing customers with simpler, better, and more accessible banking. Last year, Uno Bank was recognized by the Asia Banking and Finance Awards and bagged the title Open Banking Initiative of the Year due to the success of its partnership with Gcash, one of the Philippines' leading mobile wallet platforms. And with the Uno mobile app, you can access an hashtag UnoReady savings account and enjoy daily interest crediting. With their hashtag UnoEarn or hashtag UnoBoost time deposit accounts, you can enjoy a high interest rate of up to 6.5% per annum. Enjoy monthly payouts with hashtag UnoEarn and flexible tenors with hashtag UnoBoost. Other app features include pay bills, the Uno Virtual Debit MasterCard, life insurance, scan and pay with QRPH, and phones. And the one thing that I really love about Uno Digital Bank is they're open to collaborate with a lot of Filipino startups. I've had a chance to see the partnerships that they've had lined up with the startups that they have, and it's truly exciting to see how a digital bank like Uno can enable startups to unlock the power of fintech through digital banking. So if you're ready to elevate your banking experience, download the Uno mobile app today from the Google Play Store or App Store. Or if you want to collaborate with them, I'll be happy to give you an intro. Just shoot us an email at hello at huffleshare.com. Hey, hustlers. I hope you're having a great 2024 so far. As you know, a lot of startups had a very challenging 2023, and hopefully things are going to do better this year for a lot of us. Not just because it's the year of the dragon, but also because our sponsor, Dragon Pay, is here to help your startups process payments in the most efficient way. Established in 2010, Dragon Pay empowers businesses of all sizes to accept and disperse payments through secure and convenient channels, giving your customers the flexibility to choose the payment method that suits them best. With over 85 partner channels, 35,000 partner branches nationwide, including QRPH, e-wallets, crypto, buy now, pay later, and many more. They also process an astonishing 15 million transactions processed globally each month. Dragon Pay is your trusted choice for online payments. And here's something to show you how legit Dragon Pay is. Dragon Pay was named FinTech of the Year at last year's Philippine FinTech Festival in 2020. So let's make 2024 extra prosperous for you and your startup in this year of the Dragon. For more details, head on over to dragonpay.ph. That's dragonpay.ph. Trust the pioneer, trust Dragon Pay. And we're back from the break. We are still with Kayla Tanjanko that told us the amazing grind that she's been putting up in Endeavor in the Philippines. And now she gave us a bit of a, a brief background of what Endeavor Catalyst does. But let's go deep dive on Endeavor Catalyst real quick. Because again, sort of, you've already had that skill stack of sourcing things out, right? But yeah. Endeavor Catalyst is like another echelon on top of another echelon. So stupid yeah. question here. Do you guys also invest in non-Endeavor companies? And what's the investment mandate of Endeavor Catalyst? We only invested in Endeavor entrepreneurs, actually. Holy crap, that's already high. <laughs> so, 
We can only invest in companies that pass through Endeavor's oh selection God. process. They have to be Endeavor entrepreneurs. Okay. They have to be raising at least $5 million in price equity. Okay. And they be a qualified lead investor. Because Endeavor Catalyst does not do any additional diligence anymore after they join Endeavor. We only rely on our leads diligence. So once you become an Endeavor entrepreneur, you can qualify for Catalyst investment if you're raising at least 5 million bucks. You have a qualified lead and you're an entrepreneur of good standing with your office. Meaning, if you're a Philippine Endeavor entrepreneur, you have to be someone of high integrity who's paying it forward, like the networks, someone we believe in, basically. Not a bad thing. So there's already pre-DD already done with you. So isn't that a risk? Walk me through it. So just, it's such an intense path to become called to be called an Endeavor entrepreneur, right? But when you guys typically do deal flow, right? Of course, five million round and whatnot. You have to have a lead in the investor already, and you have to be an Endeavor entrepreneur. Walk me through deal flow and how you guys in pitch it to IC. Is there an IC even or? What's the structure like? And is it also another 6-0 vote before you even get... Actually, it's a lot simpler. Okay. Our IC is... It's, we don't even call it an IC because it's not an investment committee. It's a okay. rules committee. So our rules committee is Reed RC. Hoffman. Mm-hmm. Yes, RC. It's Holy shit. It's Reed Hoffman. Okay. It's Nick Byam from Ben Rock. Okay. It's Joanna Reese. And it's Nicola Sekazi from Kazakh. What? So we have four people on our rules committee. We send them an email every two weeks okay. with a description of a company that has received a term sheet and just a list of information if it fits our goals. So mm. the Never Catalyst is made in such a way that we sit on the same side of the table as the entrepreneur. Yeah. So we never leave. We only follow. We don't take board seats. And we help the entrepreneur with basically... Introductions to other investors, helping them count their diligence on potential funds, potential leads. So we want to be on the same side of the table as the entrepreneur. So that's why we are just a follow-on fund. And we we only put in like a small stake, up to 10% or up to $2 million, whichever comes first. Got it. Now, what what does Kayla do now, technically? And and, uh, again, you you gave us a picture of what you were doing prior when you were just doing the, the selection. I think that's more intense. But... Here, what's a change of roles like and what, what are the, the things that you do behind the scenes? So after Endeavor Philippines, I spent four years there. I moved on to Endeavor Catalyst. And I am the only person as well in Endeavor Singapore. Oh. So I am the one and only person. You are the money I love Singapore. There you go. Yeah, but I manage <laughs> myself. There you go. <laughs> so I would say that I'm not exactly leading anyone because I'm oh, only yeah. one person. So what I do is I work with our limited partners in Asia. Okay. So all of our investors in the fund across all our Asian markets, which ranges all the way from Pakistan, Japan, Indonesia, Malaysia, Philippines, to Vietnam. So investor relations. Sort of. Yes, that's one part of it. I work with other GPs, okay. other investors in Singapore and the region, because it helps us also with curating introductions to our founders, with deal flow, like them introducing us to the best companies in their pipeline. Okay. So we try to be good ecosystem builders as well. And any deals that go to Asia, then I also look at it together with our pipeline manager and our team from New York. 
That is amazing. All right. Now I'll go hypothetical. Because again, hustle share. If you I didn't copy this from Manny Ayala, mind you, okay. I got this from <laughs> my mentor who again helped me when I was starting out. His name is Joji Ezrin. He recently passed away last year again. God bless oh. you, sir. But he ever whatever he told me was whenever I get to become successful, I shouldn't pay him back. I should pay it forward. So I, I credit him for the pay it forward. And that's why I, I do hustle share. But two things I want to find out from your point of view, Kayla, right? So first thing is pattern recognition is a real thing, right? Mm-hmm. By being exposed to so many entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. right? Through time, right? What are the early signs? Of course, minus the numbers, of an endeavor-worthy entrepreneur? What is the common denominator over what you've seen those people that make it and those people who don't? Actually, we've done a research study on this on global unicorns okay. around the world to try to address this question <laughs> just okay. to see what makes sense. And honestly, what we found out from that research is not all founders come from very prestigious backgrounds. A lot of them do come from modest backgrounds. In Southeast Asia, I do think a lot of them are, well, we find people who are foreigners, sea turtles, and then locals. Like that's the trajectory of most markets that we see, where usually it's the people first who find an opportunity in the market, and then they come in just for the opportunity. And then we have the sea turtles, those Filipinos and other Southeast Asians who studied or lived abroad, would have developed a global mindset, realize that there's a lot of opportunities where they come from, and then they come back. And bring and back eggs. There very similar to Roland and Rexy. Yep. Alcoholic Bayans. Yep. Paul so, Rivera. Yeah, Paul Rivera. Rivondo. Yeah, Nico Perez. So a lot of the sea turtles come back and they try to start something. And then eventually it's our locals who are very exactly. much ingrained in the ecosystem. Like a lot of the times it's someone who's very nationalistic or who's very close to the problem and they try to address a pain point. Yep. So, for example, Peter Carlton started because he wanted to address a pain point in HR. Yeah. Or the founders of Miami obviously tried to find something in agriculture. Yep. So it's something where they've been working on for quite some time. And then they realize they have a solution which they think will benefit everyone else. Yep. So a lot of the times we do see founders who are trying to address a big enough problem that would help a lot of people. It's a very exciting industry to be in it's founders who well hustle and grind <laughs> i think seen of the people who show up in your podcast like yep. it's a lot of people with who are well very persevering with a lot of grit with some experience as well in the industry like the best founders i think know the industry quite well mm-hmm. and they're the people who are very persistent there's like a lot of challenges right now that they face especially in the startup ecosystem where there's like a dirt of funding or red tape or whatnot. So it takes a very strong, resilient person to actually build a company in the Philippines. Yeah, just the odds are not, and that's in your favor. It's just like <laughs> Hunger Games, you know, may the, may the odds be in your favor. It, it's, it's really tough. But from your point of view, again, you've seen this again. Are there traits that you see? I mean, aside from what you just see on paper that you've seen? Because again, I remember Manny says that there's, Three or four M's. Sorry, Manny, don't get mad at me. All right, three M's, right, that you see. Do they really have to have that in passing, like in all three checks in order for them to pass? And I think that's a local 
three M's because you can't use the three M's in Singapore or in in South South America, right? Of course, it's a different three yeah. M's, right? But those are the early signs that you see. And again, walk us through what those three M's are for those people who have never heard about the three M's of endeavor in the Philippines. The three M's are Madalino. There you go. Okay, guy, and Matakal. Matino, I think it's Matino. Matino, yes, correct. The fourth <laughs> name is Matakao. You eat all the food that they serve. There you go. That's but only applies to people that don't make it because you can afford the paper. We do in globally, we look at the people who we think are potential big bubbles in the ecosystem. So these are the people who have they start companies okay. they have employees who start companies they inspire others to start companies yeah and they invest in other companies and they inspire others so Amazing. we try to find the people who are big bubbles in the ecosystem or who have the potential to be big bubbles in the ecosystem and these are the people who are the best kinds of entrepreneurs to join endeavor because the past 26 years across all ecosystems we're part of it's only a handful of big bubbles that's mm. connected to 80% of the entire network in any city we're part from Buenos Aires, Spain to the Philippines. It's something that we see around the world. Like it really takes just a handful of high impact entrepreneurs to help build an ecosystem. So these are the ones we're trying to look for. All right. Now let's go to the flip side. So what if you say you have a couple of the, those traits, but you don't, pass in certain things is there something that an entrepreneur can still work on to make themselves worthy or is or is it something that it's either you have it or you don't i think you should work on your business there <laughs> there you go. Like, it's not a glee club okay we're not just here to make friends <laughs> at the end of the day there's a very high level business organization that you need to pass we, we believe that in entrepreneurs that well there are a lot of people who are high integrity but they also need to build amazing companies yeah. who have the propensity to scale and then succeed. Because then we do need a lot of people in our ecosystem to believe with a lot of success stories. Like we need yeah. a lot of success stories for people to start believing and getting excited about the ecosystem. And we did see that earlier in the last couple of years with Grosari and Kumu racing Ooh. their large rounds. And then that's when people started to get excited about the ecosystem. Yep. So if you could build your business and then succeed to such a point where you inspire so many people to invest in the Philippines, to build companies in the Philippines, that's what you should be doing. <laughs> that's amazing. Now, last question before I let you go, Kila. Yeah. So those entrepreneurs that are listening to this, because we, again, a lot of startup founders listen to this. A lot of us dream to be an entrepreneur, endeavor entrepreneur down the road. But what would be your tips? For those uh, entrepreneurs that, again, listen to this, uh, but let's just call a spade a spade, right? Uh, let's uh, just chime in real quick. Doesn't mean that you're not an endeavor entrepreneur, that your impact is diminished, right? I mean, it's, it takes a very, it's like being in the Hall of Fame. Not everybody gets to be in the Hall of Fame because if everybody's in the Hall of Fame, then the Hall of Fame doesn't make sense anymore, right? But mm -hmm. for those people that have aspirations to one day be part or one, one day be called an endeavor entrepreneur, like a Ray Refundo who wearing mm -hmm. a Titleist cap, right? What would be your advice to start working on it? Because this definitely doesn't happen overnight. Well, if you're about to start a business, it helps to address a big enough pain point 
check how big the market is, try to create something that the customers really love, keep iterating until you create something that they want to have and it will pay to have. And just, well, I would say, don't give up. <laughs> well, <laughs> of course. No, <laughs> It'll be a hard journey. But Ooh. I think if you hustle and you persevere and you're smart about it, then I think you will make it past through a lot of like these humps to well, build a strong, commendable business. <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah, thank you so much, Kayla, for such an amazing episode. But before I let you go, if they want to work with you, of course, they need to be an Endeavor entrepreneur first. But if they want to pick your brains and again, uh, recommend some entrepreneurs that are probably Endeavor worthy, or again, just pick your brains out, where do they go and how do they do that? You can find me on LinkedIn. I'm quite responsive. <laughs> yes, she is. And she hit, gives you a free ride if you're coding in Makati. There you go. Yes, I'm very helpful that way. <laughs> Face it forward. But LinkedIn, what are, where else? And uh, is there anything that you'd like to promote in the Endeavor community that's for us normal peeps? Yeah, like reach out to us in Endeavor Philippines, in Endeavor Singapore, Endeavor Global. We do want to meet people who are early in their journey just to see how we can be helpful before they even get to the point where they're ready to join Endeavor. So don't be afraid to reach out. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to support and see how we could help you even as early as now. And it's called Endeavor, huh? not Endeavor. Okay, thank you. Just just a little <laughs> pet peeve. <Okay. laughs> don't butcher the name. It's Endeavor Catalyst and Endeavor Philippines. Yeah. Again, Kayla, thank you very much. Before I let you go, follow us on Endeavor Podcast after you're listening to the Spotify Apple Podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if we did say some jargon, it's going to be the show notes on hustleshare.com. And if you want to support Hustle Share. Just like a lot of our, our premium members like Angelo Lee, Mata Technologies, and Ehrlich. And of course, Gentry Fund. Shout out to them for helping the little community that we're building here for those non-endeavor folks like me. Okay, Again, you can subscribe at premium.hustleshare.com. Again, Kayla, thank you very much. Thank you. All right. I'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace. 